Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are happy to present to you episode 19 of the KCB Music Den podcast with Kilo, Bravo, and of course me, Charlie. The band we will be featuring today is a British rock band that was formed in 1977 and consists of Stuart Copeland on drums, Andy Summers on guitar, and a guy named Sting on bass. You might have heard of him. <laughs> Gordy. A new, a, a new wave rock band that was influenced by reggae, punk, and jazz, who disbanded in 1986, only to reunite in 2007 for a world tour that ended in the, I think, August of 2008. They released five albums in a span of six years, and four of those albums appeared on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. The police have sold over 75 million records, making them one of the best-selling bands of all time. The band won a number of music awards, including six Grammy Awards, two Brit Awards, and also winning Best British Group once, and an MTV Video Music Award, when they were actually relevant. <laughs> in 2003, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, for me personally, I have not seen these guys live, and honestly, I was not a huge fan of theirs growing up, but certainly have an appreciation for what they have accomplished. I know I'm ready to get this started, so let's do this, boys. Kilo. What do you got for your track one? All right. Thank you, Charlie, for that <laughs> great intro, as always. Uh, I do want to mention real quick my background with the police. Um, it's very simple for me. When I think of the police, I think of my brother, Dean. Um, I always you know, have looked up to him to this day as far as uh, he's gotten me into some cool things in my life that I really enjoy, um, especially uh, he's really into hockey. We're both big Philadelphia Flyers fans. We grew up in South Jersey. And uh, to this day, um, he still plays uh, goaltender in the men's leagues in South Jersey. He's still the best goaltender in those leagues at age 56, I believe. Um, still taking care of kids half of his age, putting them in their place. <laughs> um, but back to music. The Police uh, it was a huge band for him growing up. He's the kind of person where he doesn't listen to like a million different bands. He picks like a few and just obsesses over them, but still, you know, knows all the stuff that's on the radio and has good knowledge of music and stuff. But really, as far as diving in, you know, he loves the Cars. He loves Yes. He loves Pink Floyd. There's probably one or two others that I'm forgetting right now. I think Elvis Costello uh, is another one which I'm huge into. But bar none, by far, by a mile, his favorite band, always to this day, growing up, was The Police. So he got me into The Police, and I thank him for that. And it was a real special moment for us. You know, we've bonded primarily over sports over the years. But uh, in 2008, we went to Hershey to see the reunion nice. tour. Nice. And it was one of the greatest nights of my life to share that with him. It was so great. So hopefully he takes the time to listen to this podcast today. And I, I attribute everything I'm going to say here to my brother, Dean. Uh, so the police. Yeah, I love them. Great band. So my first pick, I decided to kind of do what I've been doing, where I just kind of pick what I think, is this too obvious of a song? <laughs> But again, I want to grab that listener and be like, hey, who are the police? What do they sound like? Make sure they're going to listen to the rest of this album. So I went to their 1979 album, Regatta de Blanc, and I had to pick Message in a Bottle. Ah, that classic right. guitar riff, I mean, it just grabs your attention. Um, 
It was the first of their five number one singles in the UK, and it's mm -hmm. obviously one of their most well-known songs. And again, that guitar riff by Andy Summers is so iconic. Um, Summers himself has even said it was the best track he ever played on, and yeah, it's hard <laughs> to argue. Um, now, the song originally featured lyrics written by drummer Stuart Copeland, but they were replaced by Sting. This ended up being a crucial decision. Those are some of the best lyrics of Sting's entire career. Um, listen to this, what he sings near the end of the song. As you probably know, he says, Walked out this morning, don't believe what I saw. A hundred billion bottles washed up on the shore. Seems I'm not alone in being alone. A hundred billion castaways looking for a home. I'll send an SOS to the world. <laughs> what a great song. One of there the best one of the best songs of the 80s. So there it is. As obvious as it may be, folks. I'm Kilo, and I'm proud of it. I'm pr not proud of it. Kilo, but necessarily. But uh, I'm proud of my pick, which is Message in a Bottle. Bravo, what you got? Be proud. Uh, be, be proud. proud. <laughs> Thank you, Kilo. Um, my experience, basically just growing up, like I said, in the music, everybody knows the police. You know all the, all the songs. Yeah. Um, the only thing that stands up to me as far as, like, the, you know, Fascinating fact about the police for me: the very first album I bought when I went from CD to vinyl was Zenyatta Mandala. Wow! Mm. Uh, which I don't even know if I'm saying that right. All you their are. albums are so hard to say. I, I know, I know. We'll get to so, that. So you, you got it though. Yeah. All right, perfect. Well, then that, that's a fun fact. That was the first vinyl I owned. Nice. But um, so to open my album, kind of like Keith Arquilo here, I basically like to go into a. Um, you know, how does this album sound? I want it to sound good right off the bat. Yeah. So someone goes, yep, I kind of want to keep hearing what's going on. Yeah. I'm going with Spirits in the Material World. Ooh. Off of Ghosts in the Machine. Wow. Um, the song is based on the writings of Hungarian author and philosopher Arthur Kostler. Sting enjoyed his work, and the album Ghosts in the Machines is named after one of his books. Kostler believed outside influences could destroy our spirits and restrict our thinking. And Sting was very fascinated by the whole concept of that and kind of wrote a whole album based on the philosophy of that book so thought it was kind of fascinating I kind of went back and actually looked at the book a little bit then but mm. yeah I thought that's a good way to start the album off and kind of get it kicked in the gear so good opener huh yeah all right. and musically that's an interesting song I, I, I thought yeah. so yeah all right Charlie what you got all right well boys <laughs> old curveball starting off oh here we go <laughs> well actually let me rephrase though it's not necessarily a curveball because well, as you know, um, or as our listeners know, that I love a musical intro. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And so I'll tell you what, when I came across this song um, as a B-side to one of their, obviously one of the most famous songs that they did, um, oh. I'm listening to this song and I'm like, all right, when when's the lyrics kicking in? When's the lyrics kicking in? And three and a half minutes later, <laughs> there's no lyrics. So I'm oh. like, I, and you know what? The reason I picked this song, and, and I'll, without... Further ado, it's flexible strategies. Oh, this song—that's curveball. That's curveball. I'll tell you what: if you listen to this song, though, it highlights all three band members very, very well. And then there's a horn section as well. And I, I love a good horn section. So this song, like I said, it was a B-side, um, and it was reportedly an improvised jam that was created in response to the record company's demand for a B-side. <laughs> So Stuart Copeland claims that word came down from the marketing machine, create a B-side today. He said, <laughs> we walked over to the gear, strapped on, and played for 10 minutes. Wow. 
What a what a disgrace. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I mean, it's it's got like a little funk. It's got a little jazz. It's got a little psychedelic. Um, and again, like it's nice because for a band like this, whose all three members are so talented yeah. musically, mm-hmm. you know, for you guys, you know, you were like, yeah, let's do, you know, like the 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 more famous song or whatever. For me, it was like let's let's let the listener who doesn't know anything about the police. Appreciate the music musicianship of that's a fascinating way to do it, you know, each artist or each member. So that's kind of why I went Mm -hmm. with flexible strategies as my first pick. So that's a that's an all instrumental song, all instrumental song. Wow, and he was trying to tell us a moment ago that this was not a curveball (laughs) when you've got Sting in the band and you start with an all instrumental song. We had 40 choices, I don't know if that would have been one of them, (laughs) but I'll tell you what, as usual. I love it. Yeah. And you'll find out later the B-side of that song, how that kind of yeah. yep. goes along with the album. So Perfect. Well done, Charlie. Kilo, what you got for track two, All buddy? Right. Woo. Okay, so if I was going to say to you, I was struggling between my first song and my second song, whether to, you know what order to put them in, flip-flop, and I kept flip-flopping them. And so my track two is... If I were to ask you what song other than Message in a Bottle would be like their massive, massive hit, what would you probably say? Every Birthday Tape. That's a good guess. Everything She Does Is Magic. That's another good guess. <laughs> you got to go right to the first album, though. Rocks. Oh, okay. okay. Ah. You don't have to put on the red light. Very nice. Yeah. I have to check too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one two punch for me is yeah. just like boom, boom. Yeah. If you don't want to listen to the rest of this album, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, might be something wrong with you. Um, or you just don't like the police, which is fine. <laughs> um, so, you know, I love the way this, this, the song sounds back. Oh, these two songs sound back to back. I'm sorry. Uh, the fade out of Message in a Bottle actually into that stunted guitar of Roxanne that eh, 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 yeah. eh, works, mm-hmm. works so well on my album. Uh, now, Sting was inspired to write the song. After visiting the red light district near the band's hotel when they were in Paris for a show, he imagined what it would be like to fall in love with one of the prostitutes, Mm -hmm. quite frankly. Um, I love the harmony vocals repeating the name Roxanne in the chorus. Roxanne! Roxanne! It's so cool. I mean, without that, I mean, it's a different song. Mm -hmm. Um, And those long hangs and pauses in the chorus are are just a unique part of the song. and, And... Stuart Copeland's drums are just understated and masterful as they are throughout the police's career. Uh, but number two, maybe obvious songs back to back, but it's one two punch for Kilo. Roxanne at number two. Perfect. There you go. Uh, Kilo, do you remember what I guessed your number two was when you said that? I believe you said every breath you take. And that's what I went with at number two. Oh, after uh, uh, yeah. 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 I figured, like, you jump back in, make him hook, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Stink told Musical Express, I think it's a nasty little song. Really, it's rather evil. It's about jealousy and surveillance and ownership. It was the biggest hit in 1983, however. Um, according to Billboard, it secured the top, chart, the top of the charts for eight weeks. Um, the funny thing I found out about this was it was used quite a bit as a wedding song yes, that year. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Which, yeah. again, kind of uh, <laughs> concerns thing when you look into the lyrics. <laughs> like, what the hell are you yeah. thinking? But, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, you got the lyrics like, oh, can't you see? You belong to me. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. I'll be watching you. Yeah, great wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw oh, some yeah. rice. Yeah. <laughs> Over to you, Charlie. <laughs> I just called the bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So for my track two, <laughs> I'm going to go a little bit more familiar with my track two. Um, surprisingly enough, and I might get some some haters out there for this, Off Synchronicity, this is the mm. only song that I have on my perfect album. Ooh. Um, okay. And that is, again, one of my favorite songs of theirs, and that's Wrapped Around Your Finger. Oh, nice. Um, not much to say about this, but I'll tell you what, some fascinating some fascinating uh, comments from the band members about this song. So the police guitarist, Andy Summers, isn't big on this one. He's not a big hmm. fan. Hmm. He actually said in the book, I Want My MTV. I've never been much of a fan of that song, actually. Sting got to shoot his part last in that video and hmm. made a meal of knocking all the candles out, if you know the video. Yes. Yep. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> and I quote <laughs> What a whip. Uh, oh, candle, <laughs> candle joke. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> this was actually written by Sting, and it's it's a song about being under the control of another person. Oh, yeah. um, for most of the song, the singer is under the control of the woman who dominates him. But at the end, however, he figures her, her out and turns the tables. And as you can tell, the chorus changes from I'll be wrapped around your finger to you'll be wrapped around my finger. Yeah. So I like that kind of, you know, that transition and the difference. Yeah. Um, how it flows to the song, but yeah, not too much else to say about it, but just a great song wrapped around your finger. Track two for me. Kilo, what you got for track three? Well done. All right. Well, for my number three, I'm going for the second time already to their 1979 album, Regatta de Blanc, which obviously, guys, by the way, it's white reggae. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah, I mean, and they were kind of, they were kind of like poking fun at themselves, and because a lot of people were just like, "Oh, these guys are just like white guys in like a, kind of a punk band, but they're like ripping off reggae music and stuff." So they came out with their next album and called it "Regatta de Blanc," white reggae. Yeah, that's <laughs> there you go. They're like, "Hey, we are what we are." And Take, there's some great reggae tracks on this. Yeah, on that album. yeah, yeah. Um, so my number three always been a you know one of my favorite songs by the band. I thought it fit in here nice at number three. I went with "Walking on the Moon." Uh, it's the second single from the band's second album, and it became their second number one UK single. So maybe I should have put it at number two. Yeah, really. Uh, but the bass riff is very simple, but it's hypnotic, and it sets up the song perfectly. It's so simple, even I can play it, by the way, folks. Um, and I love the bridge. Um, some may say... I'm wishing my days away. That little bouncy part is so cool. Um, and the song has that classic stunted guitar part with that reggae feel uh, that was a signature part of the band's sound. Uh, Stuart Copeland's side stick on the snare and his hi-hat work on this song is absolutely remarkable. There's a breakdown near the end of the song where it's basically just the bass yep. and, and Stuart on the drums. Yep. All he's playing is the hi-hat. But he's playing all this stuff off of it. Like, it sounds like it would be a big drum fill across the whole kit, but he's doing all of it on just the hi-hat. It, it's, ugh, it's amazing. Um, Sting wrote the song in a hotel room in Munich, Germany after a concert. He was drunk and came up with the main riff for the song while singing Walking Round the Room. <laughs> and then he changed it to a much more interesting title, Walking on the Moon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Sting. Gordon. Uh, so number three. Walking on the Moon from White Reggae. I mean, Regatta de Blanc. <laughs> Bravo, your turn. All right, number three. I'm going to the album Outlanders. Oh, okay. uh, damn more. Yeah, really. <laughs> so number three for me is actually my favorite police song. Oh, 
which is so lonely. Uh, oh, great song! Yeah, I absolutely love the song. Your home run. Well, yeah, it's that setup spot right set up before home run. Yep. Um, and Sting wrote the lyrics on his previous band, Last Exit. It was then shamelessly played over the course to No Woman No Cry by Bob Marley. Uh, yeah. So I mean that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, lyrically again, kind of a theme I'm fa- I'm finding with Sting. I don't know if you guys have, while you were digging in, started to realize that he needs a therapist. Xanax. He wouldn't be good to date your sister. <laughs> Very sad, dude. But I just can't convince myself I can live with no one else, and I can only play that part and sit and nurse a broken heart. Mm. I mean, always depressed. <laughs> I mean, mm. give Adam Durst a run for his money. <laughs> yeah, he's making Adam Durst look like a, you know, the king of happiness. Over here. <laughs> All right, Charlie. Well, I'll tell you what, Kilo, your track three was Walking on the Moon. Oh. For some reason, I chose Walking on the Moon. Oh, 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 well. I screwed it up. Rondo ruined the trifecta. He did. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Walking on the Moon really flew, flew, or yeah, it flowed nicely uh, into, or yeah, Wrapped Around Your Finger flowed really nice into Walking on the Moon. Oh, That's yeah, part it of the does. reason as yeah. well. Um, Good call. Yeah, really, for me, this song, again, I, I think what gravitates me toward the police, or I think what I recognized after re-listening to their albums, is like the, the reggae tinge, and like mm-hmm. how I really, really just, they do it so well, and like, you know, for whatever reason, the white reggae thing, like, it, it just, I, like, they should take themselves seriously as, re- as a reggae artist. Yeah, they yeah. Very well, but anyway, about this song, this song's video was actually shot at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida on October 23rd, 1979. Stuart Copeland actually took the opportunity to drum on a Saturn V rocket that served as the backdrop for the video. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was directed by Derek Burbridge, who did all of their early videos. And this is kind of cool. The Ohio-based rock band Walk the Moon actually took their name from this song. So, oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. So, I, never made, um, I never connected those dots. Yeah. So, um, And actually, Sting performed this song at the 2013 Grammy Awards in a tribute to Bob Marley that also included Bruno Mars... Rihanna, Damian Marley, and Ziggy Marley. So that's kind of cool too. That is cool. Yeah. But yeah, Walking on the Moon, just a great, great song off a great album. Um, and that's why I had it at track three. Keila, what you got for track yeah. four? Yeah. About two thirds of us had it. Yeah. Hey, look, look, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I bust up track factors like it's my job. So I shouldn't sit here and say it. Well, and it just goes to show how difficult and how it rare is. it is for it to be track. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember, remember our very, very first episode? Yeah, well, Oasis. Yeah. Track four. Yeah. Don't look back at that here. <laughs> so, you know, that was our first episode. So I was like, oh, we're going to have track factors all the time. Yeah. And then it was like five or six episodes later until we got it Correct. Around. Yeah. Yep. Anywho, um, my number four is off Zenyatta Mandata mm. from 1980. Mm-hmm. Really love this song. Thought it fit real nice here at number four. I went with Driven to Tears. Uh-huh. Now, Sting wrote this song after seeing television reports of starving children. The lyrics tackle the divide between the rich and the poor. It's actually pretty deep. Um, the song has a terrific groove and a unique feel in the chorus. And I really like these lyrics in this song. Seems that when some innocent die, all we can offer them is a page in some magazine. Too many cameras and not enough food. This is what we've seen. Driven to tears. Driven to tears. Just a great groove in that song. Real creative musically. Love it. 
So there it is, number four, Driven to Tears. Bravo. Perfect. Good pick. Number four, I'm Thank going you. back to Outlanders again. All right. All right. Damn old. <laughs> <laughs> so number four, I'm going with Can't Stand Losing You. Oh. Oh. Hey, he did. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of busting up track. Oh, this song is about a teenager who kills himself when he loses his girlfriend. In fact, the single came with artwork of a hooded boy hanging from a rope. Mm-hmm. That hooded boy was Stuart Copeland. I don't know if you guys knew that. I didn't. No, I didn't. For publicity purposes, the band leaked that the BBC actually banned the track just so they can get some street cred amongst the, the punk the crowd. Punk yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it worked apparently because they said it actually jumped the, the song up. <laughs> but again, here comes this melodramatic lyrics that I like, you know, this thing just yeah. overly. I guess this is our last goodbye, and you don't care, so I won't cry. And you'll be sorry when I'm dead, when all this guilt will be all in your man. head. <laughs> I give you all. Oh, I guess you call it suicide, but I'm too full to swallow my pride. Yes. I mean, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. It's pretty clever stuff. <laughs> so what you got over there, Charlie? Well, yeah, what you got? Got? track four sounded really good to me, too. The foot can't stand loose. <laughs> all right. Now I'm the trifecta. I'll say that. Yeah. 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 Again, just a great, great song. Again, off a great, great album. I actually. I have more tracks off of this album than I do of their mm-hmm. first album, which for me is very rare. If I if we've gone back to all of our other podcasts that we've yeah. done, I very rarely thought the band's first album was like their strongest or like you know yeah. even in the top like couple three. So kudos to them that their first album is so good. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about this that, that I thought was fascinating. So at live shows, when they first started playing this, the police would improvise the middle section. To fill time because they didn't have a lot of songs. <laughs> <laughs> that improvised jam eventually turned into the song Regatta de Blanc, which is the title track to the next album. So yeah. um, it apparently it only took Sting a few minutes to write the lyrics. They're not supposed to be deep and meaningful, but more of a joke. That's what he Okay. Said. Well, so, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just a great, great song. And we were on the same page like Kilo <laughs> made the last song. So what do you got, Kilo, for track five, buddy? Well, Orlando Stamor is their first album, correct? It is. Um, I'm going to go to that album for my number five. But it's a song that no one has mentioned yet. And it was not a radio hit. But I love this song. It's super up-tempo. To me, it's one of their most flat-out punk songs. And it's a little song called Peanuts. <laughs> Such a great song. Oh, it is. man. I think it's a standout album cut from their debut, as I said. Yeah. Uh, Sting's voice is super high on this song, mm-hmm. almost out of control. It's a great high-energy song, that straight-ahead punk feel. I love it. Um, it's manic. Like, it's it's a, totally. It has a manic feel to it. Yeah. Perfectly put, yeah. Uh, now, the lyrics describe a fallen hero and how he is glorified by the media for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Now... I was surprised to learn Sting and Stuart Copeland wrote this song together about Sting's musical idol and his disappointment towards him. Rod Stewart, you got it right. Oh, Maggie May. (laughs) (laughs) And old Maggie May. Yeah, it's just fast and edgy. It's a real kick in the teeth, as I always like to say, Mm -hmm. at my number five spot. So there it is Peanuts. Yeah. What do you got, Robert? Perfect. <laughs> Number five, I'm going to Synchronicity. 
Synchronicity. Synchronicity. Yeah, I can't say, see. I can't say any of the albums. I know the Canada. It's, uh, it's and Canada synchronicity. Yeah. Okay. Well, we <laughs> I'm, I'm Canadian then. <laughs> Number five, I'm going with King of Pain. Oh, love it. Sting set up this song to Musician Magazine. I conjured up symbols of pain and related them to my soul. A black spot on the sun struck me as being a very painful image. Mm. He went on to tell the moment that image entered the picture. And again, diving into that, uh, you know, I turned to Trudy and said, there's a black spot on the sun today. She waited expectantly, not really indulge my mood, but she was tolerant. That's my soul, I added gratuitously. She rolled her eyes to the heavens and said, there he goes again, the king of pain. Which oh. I thought, boy, that just sounds about right. I hope she has a co-write on that song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sounds like Charlie Brown and you've been it, right? <laughs> so number five, king of pain. It's all tied together. Yeah. Very very good. good stuff. Uh, my track five, I'm going back to Outlandis Dear More. Um, Once again. Yeah, and this is a song that when it came, when I remember when this song not when it came out, but when I first heard this song, and I'm like, man, I like I like the police, or you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. But this song was just like so annoying, and just. But as I grew, you know, as I got older, like this song, when I again, you know, kind of came went back to it, and that's so lonely. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a great, great song, song. Yeah. man. But I'll tell you what, it's funny because some listeners didn't hear the word so lonely, Uh-oh. and they thought Sting was singing Sue Lolly. Who is the name of a popular BBC TV presenter? <laughs> like you know, in, in, in that song, she said it was, it was played. It was played on national television as an homage to Sue, but we didn't complain. <laughs> Blessings are often unexpected. Wow, you know? that's wow. Bro. But he says so lonely fifty-four times Oof. in the song. But who's counting? But who's counting? <laughs> My favorite lyric, and I haven't really mentioned many lyrics yet um, in these songs, but this this lyric just struck me, and I just absolutely love it. In this theater that I call my soul, I always play the starring role. Mm. That's just a great, great lyric. Yeah. It's very, very good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, track five for me, So Lonely. Kilo, what you got? Rousing out your side closing A. Closing out my side A here, boys. Yeah. So, uh, you know... Bravo, I don't always have the best memory. Could you uh, refresh my memory and tell me what your track five was? Track five? Well, that was just recently. That was King, King of Pain. Pain. Well, that's my track six. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I'll see what I did there. Yep. Good way to end side A. I like yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it took me up until my side A closer to go to the Synchronicity album, but I have a feeling there's going to be more to come from that album on my side B. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I love the musical intro, the simple piano chords. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Um, and a xylophone part and they're actually played by drummer Stuart Copeland mm-hmm, yeah. um, this is a personal song for Sting uh, written after the end of his first marriage and you touched on some of this yep. um, I don't think you quoted these lyrics or any lyrics maybe but um, my favorite lyrics in the song actually come in the bridge section mm-hmm. um, just, I don't know anyone else really that, could, that, that would write something like this and make it work in a quote unquote pop song he sings there's a king on a throne with his eyes torn out. There's a blind man looking for a shadow of doubt. There's a rich man sleeping on a golden bed. There's a skeleton choking on a crust of bread. 
this, this guy, I tell you what, I tell you what, you can tell he he's, went to to get college smarts. You, know? <laughs> you can tell he's, he's learning. Yeah, he's educated. Uh, so number six, uh, King of Pain. I'll always be King of Pain. Closing out my side A. Bravo, close out your side A for me, buddy. Well, how did you start here? With an instrumental, right? I did. What would be a great instrumental to end side of that? Because I love instrumentals. I went with The Other Way of Stopping off of Zenyatta Mandata. Wow. I wanted to just uh, let it roll into music to finish to, before I switch it on over. And okay. to me, I just love that. Like you said, it really focuses mm-hmm. and showcases the band. Thought, what a great way to finish it off. So. Wow. Went with an instrumental that goes that side out. Little curveball. Yeah. 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 Two, two instrumentals on side eight already. Wow. Not bad. Yeah. I, I ruined that track. I guess we aren't as big as Ben Sting's voices. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined that track too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my track six to end my side A, um, I'm going to Regatta de Blanc. Um, and I, if this isn't my favorite song off this album, it's got to be up there. Um, and again, it's just a unique song, and I love the bass line in this. And that's The Bed's Too Big Without You. Oh, it's a good one. Cool song. It just, yeah, it's, it's the, the themes of the song are kind of sad, you know, loneliness and the pain of the end of a relationship, but it, it you know, that do 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 do, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a great groove, you know, and it just kind of like, it just kind of propels the song through. Um, Actually, though, the lyrics were inspired by an incident in which Sting's first girlfriend, after being heartbroken upon their breakup, actually committed suicide. Oh, wow. Very sad. Um, my favorite lyric in this song, though, is every day, just the same old rules for the same old game. All I gained was heartache. All I made was one mistake. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I debated putting this as my first track, um, but it, since then I did, you know, the musical intro. Like I just felt like this is a, this was a good closer to my side A, and so yeah, track six for me. The bed's too big without you. All right, Kilo, you got to recap your side A. Yeah, let me Let's recap here. So my side A, folks, for my perfect police album: Message in a Bottle, Roxanne, Walking on the Moon, <clears throat> Driven to Tears, Peanuts. King of Pain. Bravo, your side A? My side A is Spirits in the Material World, Every Breath You Take, So Lonely, I Can't Stand Losing You, King of Pain, and The Other Way of Stopping. Charlie. All right. My track one, Flexible Strategies, Wrapped Around Your Finger, Walking on the Moon, Can't Stand Losing You, So Lonely, and The Bed's Too Big Without You. Kilo, flip it over and uh, let's see what checks them in. All right, let's drop the needle on my side B, boys. And like I said, I'm going to synchronicity on side B, so let's do it right away. All right. Track seven. And you know, I might as well go with a song called Synchronicity, but aren't there two songs called Synchronicity on that (laughs) album? There There are. I'm going to go with Synchronicity 2 to open side B. Okay. Um, So now, King of Pain there was at the... Track six, so back-to-back songs on my perfect album from Synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this great musical intro. It builds up nicely. It makes for a great side opener for me. Uh, Sting is a master at utilizing lyrics that are very unique and descriptive. Often uses humor, too. I love how this song starts after that great music, you know, musical intro. When he sings, Another suburban family morning, 
Grandmother screaming at the wall. We have to shout above the din of our Rice Krispies. We can't hear anything at all. Just a typical mm-hmm. breakfast morning in the in the household. It's just hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> now, Stig said, quote, I was trying to dramatize Jung's theory of meaningful coincidence, but it was a rocking song nonetheless. Mm. Of course, if this song is called Synchronicity 2, there must be a Synchronicity 1. There is. It's the opening track on the album, and unlike this song, the word synchronicity appears repeatedly in the lyrics of mm-hmm. the other synchronicity. Uh, but I had to go with synchronicity too to open my side B at track seven. Bravo! Mm. Flip your vinyl over. All right, I'm putting that needle down, and a uh, message in a bottle pops along. Oh! I, I wanted to just <laughs> pop right in the gear, start it off nice, just like my side A story. Yeah. And I, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I stole your notes. My notes are exactly your notes. <laughs> so I mean, down to the lyrics of. Seems I'm not, I'm not alone. That's the hundred billion castaways looking for a home. Yeah, that last verse is. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's I basically just stole your, you know, start a record on a, on a thing. <laughs> yeah, just, hey. mine's on B, not A. So. Yeah, well, hey, there it we go. works, man. So how are you yeah. doing it over there, Charlie? Well, I am not doing either song. Okay, <laughs> no, uh, no trifectas here or any. So yeah, I'm gonna go um, back to Regatta de Blanc. Um, so I'm going back to back with with that um, album yeah. for my track seven, and this song sounds so much like Stevie Nicks' Edge of Seventeen. Mm. Oh, what song would that be, guys? <laughs> I don't know offhand. Bring on the night. Oh yeah, okay. Oh man, yeah. So it's a great opener. It for is. me, yeah, it was a natural like opener yeah. on side B. Again, once I figured out that, that Flexible Strategies was going to be my song one, Bring On The Night to me was a natural side yeah. B opener. Um, nice. Yeah, again, the, just that, that great like... Dum, 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 you know, just, um, and drummer Steve, Stuart Copeland lists, the, lists this song as one of his favorite tracks. So, you know, <laughs> if he likes it, of course, it's going to be good. So, yeah, track seven for me. A real good uh, Kickstarter to my side B where it kind of picks up the pace a little bit. And so, yeah, track seven for me, Bring On The Night. Kilo, what you got? Well, I'm pardon my language, Mom, but Sting sings his ass off on that song. Yeah. <laughs> it is great. Yeah. And I forgot to mention in the beginning when I was talking about my brother and how we went to the concert. Um, not that anyone really cares except the people sitting in this room, but I forgot to mention that I'm sitting here wearing my oh, tour yeah. shirt from that shirt. 2008 that is a show. Shirt, yeah. It's got a stings jumping up in the air. It's a really cool shot. Picture yeah. of the band playing live. So anyway, um, so my number eight. I don't know. I think this is the first time that I'm going to the album Ghost in the Machine. Oh, um, and I think this song was mentioned earlier as maybe a guess for something we were talking about. Yeah. But I'm going with a big hit for the band, mm-hmm. and it's Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic mm-hmm. at my number eight. Um, now, the song was written as a slow, pensive ballad by Sting way back in 1976, before the police had formed. Uh, the rest of the band was reluctant to record the song, feeling it didn't have that police sound. But they kicked up the, yeah. the tempo, and boy, did it have that police sound. Um, now, the piano part in the song really makes the song for me. It's a, it makes it a hit. Um, and it's played by session keyboardist Jean Roussel. So I just want to give him a shout out. Mm-hmm. The piano is fantastic on that song. And um, of course, we all love these lyrics. Do I have to tell the story of a thousand rainy days since we first met? It's a big enough umbrella 
but it's always me that ends up getting wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a great song. Mm. Great, great song. Um, so yeah, my number eight, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Bravo. Perfect. Give us some magic. No magical mind. <laughs> <laughs> number eight is going to uh, the album Zendata Mandata again. Ooh. Uh, I say it, it really well. Is, is that right? Is that yeah, right? that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't okay. doubt yourself. Uh, the faster I say it, the closer I think it is to being right. Yeah, yeah, so, you slur through it. Yeah. Just, yeah. You can't tell if it's right or not. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Don't Stand So Close to Me. Oh. Uh, this song is about a teacher who lusts after his student. Yes. Now, Sting mm-hmm. was a teacher before he was in the band The Police. He claims the song is not autobiographical. Uh, he had a 2001 DVD come out called All This Time. And there was a section of that in which they asked, and he said, no, no, this, yeah. not at all. It's a Just made fiction. up yeah. story mm-hmm. there. Sure thing. The, yeah, right? <laughs> the song won Sting the 81 Grammy for the best rock vocal performance. I did not know that. Mm. Um, and I like the lyrics in it. I mean, it's just kind of funny lyrics. Her friends are so jealous. You know how bad girls get. Sometimes it's not so easy to be the teacher's pet. <laughs> I mean, okay, Sting. <laughs> not personal, all right? <laughs> well, I had an interesting side note. Uh-oh. I hope I'm not cutting you off. No, you're good. Um, I believe they did a remake of that song, and it's on their greatest hits. That's called "Every Breath You Take." The singles. Okay. It's called. I think it's called "Don't Stand So Close to Me" '86. Oh. It was released in 1986. Okay. But they did like a different feel to it, like a different version. Oh, I don't know. Okay. So it might be interesting to check out. I might have to. I well, I like both versions. I mean, I prefer probably the one okay. you picked, but yeah. So Perfect. just a little side note. All right. All right, Charles. Excellent. So my track eight um, again. Bring on the Night, uh, this song really flowed nicely from Bring on the Night. Uh, and I'm going to go back to Outlandish Day Amore again. Um, and that's Next to You. Oh, what can I do? I, yeah, <laughs> I, this song, Stuart Copeland's drumming in this song. Like, it is fierce. Yes. It, it is fierce. That's the word, yeah. And the bridge, I, I love when the guitar takes over and the bridge in this song. It's it's so delightful. Um and interestingly enough, that this song is the last song the police played live together. Oh. So that's kind of, you know, yeah. kind of cool as well, especially since it's been, you know, what, 13 years, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, track eight for me, um, again, one of those one of those songs that I knew was going to be on my top 12. This has always been a highlight of, of, of mine. So yeah, track eight, next to you off their debut album. Kilo, what you got? Track nine. You're loving that debut album. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Um, well, I'm loving that debut album too. <laughs> My number nine, I think this might end up, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this might end up making it a trifecta, T-R-Y. Correct. Where all three of us have it, but not in okay. the same sequence order. So lonely. Well, <gasps> maybe I'm wrong, because I oh. can't stand losing you right here. You didn't have that one? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you? Really? I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah, that was my number four. Yeah, there I think you both have it. Okay, okay. Yeah. so we're good. So there we go. There's KCB our first try. T-R-Y effecta. All three of us have the same song, which yeah. is not the same sequence order. That is a trifecta spell with a Y if you're new to the podcast. Yeah. Check us out on Facebook, by the way, <laughs> KCB Music Den. All right, so enough of the plugging. Back to the sequence. Um, so it's the third song on my perfect album from the debut album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, and now, I think one of you already talked about this. It's about a teenage boy who commits suicide mm-hmm. when he loses his girlfriend. Um, but as you mentioned too, Charlie, that he's looking at it more of with comical lyrics and not in like a serious way. Like, oh, this guy's like so like 
oh my gosh, I lost my girlfriend, I can't live, like more of like a funny look at it as opposed to like, you know, the, obviously it's a tragedy if it would really happen. Um, it's just a classic example of the band's unique blend of punk, reggae, and pop. And the lyrics that I put down are the same exact ones you quoted, Bravo. So I'm not going to eat into yeah. any of our time yeah, for that. Yeah. And repeat them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, real great song from the band. Obviously, all three of us had it. So yeah. my number nine is Can't Stand Losing You. Bravo. Well, my number nine, I'm stealing from somebody as well. I, it might just, maybe a trifecta. I can't remember if Kilo had it or not. Well, we got wrapped around your finger. Uh, I don't believe I had that. Okay, yeah, so it's just that was my track too. So yeah, and I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna dig in either because I literally stole the exact quote you said from uh, <laughs> yeah. Andy Summers. I love the quotes about the candles. I was yeah. like, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So when I was looking up the song, I seen that quote. I was like, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I also mentioned. I just put a little note in here myself that it kind of reminded me of Under My Thumb by The Stones. Yeah, just uh, the whole dominating. Uh, you know, I'm in control mm-hmm. of you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, so in number nine, I, I stole from you, Charlie, and that's no worries. See what you're doing for 10 so I can steal it. Big oh, Stones fan, aren't you? And no, I am a huge Stones fan. Yeah, me too. This is the last song on my album that's not from Ghosts Ghost in the Machine. Wow. Yeah, wow. Ghost in the Machine is the last. Next tree or me. Whoa! Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, spoiler yeah. So. We just don't know which ones yet. That's yeah, exactly. Exciting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, so my track nine. Who would have guessed it? I'm going back to the debut album. <laughs> oh my goodness. Back to back. <laughs> and you mentioned Aquilo. Just a, a crazy, crazy song. Um, but so, so good. And that's Peanuts. Peanuts. Yes. Oh, yeah. Peanuts. Oh, oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Peanuts. Yeah. Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this is kind of cool, though. and But sad as well when I found this out. This song was last played live on February twentieth, nineteen eighty. They wow. never played this song on the on the reunion. I read about that too. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy! Like yeah. this song would be so good live. Oh so, yeah. So the, I found out that this this song was first rehearsed and performed in early in early January nineteen seventy eight as Rosie Lee. Did you mention this? No. So when it still had lyrics by Stuart Copeland, and then Sting actually wrote new lyrics, and the song eventually became Peanuts. Um, he did say, I quote about the, you mentioned about the Rod Stewart thing. Yeah. Um, Sting said, I used to be a great fan of his, but something happened to him. I hope I don't end up like that. <laughs> I don't know what he means, but man. Well, right. in some people's opinion, he kind of did. It was some yeah. of the, yeah, some of the right. stuff he did later in his solo yeah. career, which You're right. I, I like a lot of it. Not yeah. all of it, but. Yeah. So. so yeah, for me, Peanuts at track nine, like with you, Kilo, just a great, great song. Um. It didn't flow great from next to you, but it, it, it wasn't like that was really where I, that was the only position that I felt like I could put it in yeah. and work. So where you know it flowed, but yeah, track nine for me, Kilo. What you got for your track? Such nine? a great song. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. it's just oh, it's again so, just manic. I was just gonna say, what was the word you used earlier? Manic. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. Mm. So well, number ten for me. I'm going back to synchronicity, and you know. I felt kind of bad for the other synchronicity, so mm-hmm. I decided to put it here at number 10. So I have synchronicity 2 oh. as my number 7, and I have synchronicity 1 <laughs> as my number 10. All right. The I, synchronicity B-side, or yeah, B- yeah, yeah. B-side album. I, lo- I love both versions, or not version, I mean they're different songs, but... Yeah. Um, so it's the opening track from that, you know, from Synchronicity, which obviously is their final studio album, um, which is a massive success for them, and then they just went away. It's kind of crazy, but... Um, also kind of brilliant if you think about it. But, 
Um, the great musical intro, again, with this synchronicity, um, that signature keyboard part was performed and written by Sting, actually. Um, now, this song would be a great opener for either side A or B, but the way my album worked out, it just fits in nicely here for me at number 10. Um, one of the best examples of what I like to call Sting's cerebral lyric writing, in this song he sings, a connecting principle linked to the invisible, almost imperceptible, something inexpressible, science insusceptible, logic so inflexible, causally connectable, nothing is invincible. Jeez. And he's singing it way faster than I just said it because I slowed down to make sure I didn't mess anything up. Wow, man. I mean, who, again, who would write something like that? It's, yeah. Yeah, that's... Gordon Sumner, I tip my hat to you, sir. <laughs> so, number 10, Synchronicity 1. Bravo. All right. Well, this is the beginning of my uh, Ghost in the Machine yeah. trifecta yeah. to end oh, the yeah. album here. Uh, number 10, I'm going with Invisible Sun. Oh. Um, he explained in the book Lyrics by Sting, Invisible Sun is a dark, brooding song about the lurking violence of those streets patrolled by armored cars, haunted by fear and suspicion and wounds that would take generations to heal. In the lyrics he says, And they're only going to change this place by killing everybody in the human race. They would kill me for a cigarette, but I don't want to die just yet. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. But again, I love that album to me is very, a very impressive album. Yeah. When I listened through the whole discography, I kind of, that one went through a couple more times than the other ones. Yeah. So. And I love that chorus. Oh, yeah. That's the Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right, number 10, Charlie. Let's do it. Track 10 for me. Uh, I'm going back to Regatta de Blanc. Um, this, this song was probably my most difficult or, or was probably my last song that I put into my, into my 12. It was a real toss-up between that and Man in a Suitcase, which I'm surprised mm. none of oh, nobody yeah. has Man in a Suitcase. Yeah, no, not yet, at least. Anyway, so <laughs> I went with It's All Right For You. Oh wow! I, like high energy, high energy again, and it 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 flowed really nicely from peanuts. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's a full band rocker. Um, Sting's lyrics are really really like like almost like quick spun. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's real real like yep. yeah uh, yeah like rapid again, fire almost yeah rapid <laughs> fire that's what yeah. I'm looking for yeah. Um, but drummer Stuart Copeland actually helped on guitar during the verses and chorus, and then the the guitar part by Andy Summers in this song is it's virtue. I mean, it's ridiculous. So so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why I had a track ten. It's all right for you. I forgot of the blonde, which again was a difficult decision, but in the end, it just it felt really good where um, after um, Peanuts. So that's where I had a track 10. Keila, what you got for I really like that choice. It's an underrated mm -hmm. song of theirs. And, you know, with a band like The Police, they have so many hits and so many radio songs that people know that it's, yeah, I mean, it's part of what we do here, obviously, is we want to highlight some of the songs that yeah. maybe people don't know. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, your perfect album is has to be your perfect album. So mm -hmm. if it ends up being all hits, it's all hits, you know? Yeah. Um, but I always like highlighting those, you know, gems, hidden gems, you know. Sure. Um, all right. So I'm up to number 11 here. And I'm going to go to the album that Bravo seems to adore, which, you know, I do too. Um, and I'm interested to see if this is one of the three that you're okay. going to close out with or not. And you don't have to spoil that yet. But, 
But my number 11 is a very interesting song that I really kind of rediscovered from listening to their discography. And it's a song called Secret Journey. Oh, okay. Um, Now, again, it's off the fourth studio album, and it was released as a single in the U.S. and Canada, but not Europe. Um, It was not really a hit for the band, but guitarist Andy Summers says it is one of his personal favorite police songs. Um, It tells the story of a man making a journey to become a holy man. Sting said it doesn't have to be a real journey. It could be a mental journey. Um, and I love these lyrics. And the song builds, I think that I think it has a pretty decent musical yes. intro. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I love these lyrics. You will see light in the darkness. <laughs> you will make some sense of this. And when you've made your secret journey, you will find this love you miss. So I was toying around with putting it as my closer... But I decided to put it at number 11. So, Secret Journey from Ghost in the Machine. Right. Bravo. Great, great choice. I, we'll see if that's one of my final Yeah, we'll here. see. It's not number 11. It's okay. not number 11. Yeah. Okay. 11 is every little thing she does is magic. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't say much about it because the exact things <laughs> I said are the ones you said earlier. Of course. About, you know, the umbrella. And it's yeah, yeah. a fantastic lyric. So, of course, that was going to be my, my yeah. go-to on that. But, <laughs> I yeah. ruined it. So, the second of my three... Is every little thing she does is magic, and we'll we'll see what closes. Yeah, huge hit for them. Such a great song. Yeah, such a great song. All right, so my track eleven. You guessed it. I'm going back to Regatta de Blanc. So back to back for me too. I didn't do a trifecta for this, but (laughs) I did do uh, back to back. And that's this is a song called "Does Everyone Stare?" Oh man, (laughs) this lyric it's it's just so stingish. (laughs) <laughs> he says, I changed my clothes ten times before I take you on a date. I get the heebie-jeebies, and my panic makes me late. I break into a cold sweat reaching for the phone. I let it ring twice before I chicken out and decide you're not at home. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is actually a piano piece that Copeland wrote in college. And he actually sang the first verse on this song. So I didn't, I, I don't know, is there any other song that Copeland actually sang on? Is this the only song that... Not that I'm aware of. I'm, sure yeah. I'm sure my Sing brother fans, Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or your brother, yeah. Because yeah. I, I didn't know if there was any other song. I just know that he sang this verse. Yeah. But huh. again, a great, great song off a great, great album. Track 11 for me, Does Everyone Stare? Mm. All right, it's time to close it out here, boys. Yeah. Uh, I believe "Does Everyone Stare" is also the title of uh, one of. It's like a documentary about the band or something okay. like that. So that's something oh. to check out. Gotcha. Um, so my number twelve, closing out my police album, going to Regatta de Blanc, which I'm sure Charlie will appreciate. <laughs> yeah. And I believe this is. I'm pretty sure this is the way Charlie opened his side B. I'm closing my album with "Bring On the Night." Yeah. Uh, musically and lyrically, to me, this song from the band's second album worked perfectly as a closer. And that reggae feel really shines through, and it has great instrumental sections throughout the song. I love Sting's octave vocals, the, the loud and high singing, the same melody, not a harmony vocal. Bring on the night. You know, it's, he's singing with himself at the same, the same notes, just mm-hmm. one octave higher than you know, the, the melody, which works really well. Um, Sting used the title Bring on the Night, by the way, for a live album and documentary during his successful solo career in 1986. Great documentary. 
Um, so yeah, I uh, closed my side B the way you uh, open your side yeah, B, Charlie. There with you go. Bring on the night. Bravo. So what's this uh, another Ghost of Machine track? Well, it's a secret. It's a secret journey. It's a secret journey. Oh. So, yep, I went with where you were thinking earlier. I had a feeling. Uh, I had a feeling from the looks yep. you were giving me. <laughs> I, I had to because, I mean, I read in a press conference for an uh, um, album that basically they said, it's a quasi-mystical song. You have, to, you have to do something, go somewhere to get outside yourself. It's a very uplifting song about taking a mental journey, basically. Yeah. And I thought, boy, with this album that I'm putting on, it's just so much loss and sadness and like every, all those lyrics are just lost. I thought, boy, it'd be nice to close the album out with them. It's like a positive, like, yeah, secret journey. So, yeah, that's that's how I ended. I like the way it sounded too. Like you said, it's a very unique song. And yeah, thought I closed the album out very nicely. Yeah, like I said, I was toying around with yeah. being my being my closer too, Charlie. Well, I'll tell you what. I think this is going to be a trifecta for us. You are um, huh? I am going to Ghost in the Machine. My only track off Ghost in the Machine. Whoa. And for me, I just this is probably. Yeah, again, such a unique song that they've done. And it's every little thing she does is magic. Mm. I just well, that's a perfect great closer. Closer. That is a great closer. Yeah. So this song was included on Ghost in the Machine to try and sting, quote, leaven the rather sober tone of the rest of the record. Fantastic. <laughs> so he said, it was written in 1976, the year I moved to London. I had no money, no prospects, nowhere to live. All I had was Stuart Copeland's phone number, and some vague idea of forming a band. It was the year of the Sex Pistols, punk rock, violent lyrics, and anarchy in the UK, and I wrote this song, which tells you how untouched with the times I was. Because <laughs> it does, it has kind of, it yeah. almost has like a uh, like a Steely Dan kind of like sound to it. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a great song for me. Um, and again, this kind of track one, Flexible Strategies, was the B-side to every little thing she does is magic. Uh, so I figured that would bookend my bookend, album. Yeah. Yep. Track really track that is, that is, yeah. yeah. So that's why I had track 12, everything which does magic. Kilo, what you got for your recap? All right, here's my entire police album. Message in a Bottle, Roxanne, Walking on the Moon, Driven to Tears, Peanuts, King of Pain, flip that record over, Synchronicity 2, Every Little Thing She Does is Magic, Can't Stand Losing You, Synchronicity 1, Secret Journey, Bring On The Night. Bravo. Perfect. Mine is Spirits in the Material World, Every Breath You Take, So Lonely, Can't Stand Losing You, King of Pain, The Other Way, the other way of Stopping, <laughs> Flip It, Message in a Bottle, Don't Stand So Close to Me, Wrap Around Your Finger, Invisible Sun, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic, and Secret Journey. Nice. Alright, mine is Flexible Strategies, Wrapped Around Your Finger, Walking on the Moon, can't Stand Losing You, So Lonely, The Bed's Too Big Without You, Flip It Over, Bring On The Night, Next To You, Peanuts, It's <laughs> Alright For You, Does Everyone Stare, and Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Now, Charlie, what are your three B-sides? My yes. B-sides are Man In A Suitcase, oh. Truth Hits Everybody, Oh, okay. nice. and Masako Tanga. Oh, oh wow. I love that song, man. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Alright, All right, my B-sides. This is Kilo. My B-sides are On Any Other Day, mm. When the World is Running Down, mm. You Make the Best of mm -hmm. Still Around, and a fun song off Synchronicity album, Miss Gridenko. I like that song. <laughs> Bravo, B-sides. Synchronicity 2. Synchronicity. 
Holland? <laughs> He's Canadian. Oh, that's right. He's Canadian. I'm Canadian. So I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. French Canadian. Hey. Man in a suitcase. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that we've got. And then Roxanne. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. No, wait. Did, neither of you had Roxanne on your album? No. No. Wow. Yep. You were doing your one. My goodness. And I'm every surprised. breath you take, I think, was only on one album, too, which is great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. That's well, that's good. That's why we do this? Yeah, we're that's high, we how many this. different songs? Yep, exactly. All right, boys. Well, the police again. My brother's favorite band by a country mile. I'm I'm sure he'll take the time to listen to this at some point. I'll bug him too. And um, yeah, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, real quick, the sponsors. We've got Roar Outfitters. That's R A W R. Roar Outfitters. Anything new in Roarland? We new design. We premiered last week. Uh, it's in our first design in our prehistoric series. It's a, a woolly mammoth and a saber tooth tiger. Great, pretty sweet. So All right, excited about that. Have to check that out. Yeah. Um, and always visit roosterstone.com and check out Red and all the great music he's doing. Uh, he just released an album under the strange brew name called Good Morning America, with the spelled with an O U R N, like you're morning something. Good Morning America is the new album out by Strange Brew. That's tied in with Rooster Stone. And uh, on Instagram, it's at the Rooster Productions. Right. So check out Red and support him, please, as he always supports us. Um, so we're extremely excited to announce that the next time you hear the KCD Music Den podcast, it's not going to be a Perfect Album Picks episode. It's going to be the debut episode of a brand new series that's going to come to you every other week from now on. And these are called Den Discussions. The topics will change every week, um, every other week, technically, the way you listen to them. But every time we do a Den Discussion, we go around the room, KCB, KCB. Um, so the first choice is mine. Uh, Kilo is choosing for the first Den Discussion. The topic will be... Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Drum roll. Guilty Pleasure Albums. <laughs> the panel here, here will pick and five... And bands, each. right. Right, not just albums, or was it bands too? Uh, the albums, oh, but yeah, I mean, okay. yeah. But you can, if you're highlighting a band, maybe yeah. just you know mention an album. Or, gotcha. Um, but yeah, an artist is fine too. Yeah. Um, so your guilty pleasures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Each of us are going to pick five, and we're going to talk about it. So we'll get that to you next week, and we're looking forward to it. Anything else to add, boys? Nope, that covers it. And episode twenty is going to be. It's going to be the yeah. den discussion. Right. Yeah. Excellent. It's going to be guilty pleasure. Cool. So we're looking forward to this new series. We hope you like it. Give a little break from the perfect album picks and give you some uh, varied content here. Yep. So for Charlie and Bravo, this is Kilo from the KCB Music Den. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And you can hear us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Anchor.fm. Thank you so much. We Till really enjoyed time. doing The Police. And we'll see you next time for the very first Den Discussion. Take care, folks.